This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Please take your Bibles. Let's go to the book of Job. The 40th chapter, I'm going to ask you to go to the end of the book. Job chapter 40. We're in the section of this book, probably the oldest book in our Bible. In the section where we find the theophany. In other words, this is where Job hears from God. And when he hears from God, when you hear from the Lord, you see the Lord. He's a spirit. But when you hear from him, he is talking to you about his holy character and how you should respond in, uh, to his character with both worship and the worship of obedience. And so we're in that part of the book where God really makes two speeches to Job, and we're studying the first one. In fact, God has asked Job in that first one a series of 55 questions. And God's revealing truth about himself, but he asked Job about the animal nature and then inanimate nature, that which is living, that which is not living. But Job couldn't answer any of those 55 questions. With the animals, God was reminding Job, he is intimately aware of their circumstances. He meets their needs. Think about all the critters running around on this planet right now. God sees them and he's taking care of all of them. How much more valuable is Job to God? How much more valuable are you to God than any of the creatures that are listed uh, in chapters 38 and 39? But Job had questioned this. God's care for him. And in his responses to his companions, he had in fact accused God. Subtly, very subtly. But he was accusing the Lord. And so, in chapter 40, verse 1, we see this again. The Lord answered Job and said, Shall he that contends with the Almighty instruct him? He that reproves God. That's God's assessment of what Job was saying. He that reproves God, let him answer it. The it there are the questions that God had posed to Job. All right, here are the questions. I'm waiting for answers, Job. Now, God had never changed his care for his servant. But now he calls Job's words what they really are. And this is instructive to us. Say, well, I didn't really say it. Well, but if you thought it, God knows your thoughts. Leighton Talbert points out that God, quote, interpreted Job's protest to his actions as disputing, fault-finding, correcting, instructing, even rebuking, of all persons, the Almighty, end quote. So that's 
that's not what I meant. Well, he knows your heart too. He knows your thoughts. Isn't it amazing how quickly our hearts even can just turn and it's like, really, Lord? Really? Have we all done that? Our tendency is to do that. And so consider this. God is not a prosecutor to be cross-examined when we feel he has failed us. He is providence who is to be revered for his lordship over all his creation because he cannot fail. It's on that basis that he's going to respond to Job. Now Job had rebuked the Almighty. Now the Almighty has rightfully rebuked Job. Notice verse 3. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. It means, again, to be light, to be severely deficient in knowledge. What shall I answer thee? I lay my hand upon my mouth. Once have I spoken, but I will not answer. Yea, twice, but I will proceed no further. So we need to see that Job here repents and admits to God, I have no rebuttal. I have no self-defense here. Job is repenting, which means to change the mind. But God is going to go on and continue to help him change his mind. God wants to make sure it's clear in Job's mind who he is as God and that he is all there for Job. Just like God is using this text, these texts, to convince you, you know, he's God... He's not going to forsake you. He can't. And whatever you're facing, he's all there for you. He's committed himself to that. Now, God will continue to help Job repent through chapter 42 and verse 6. The work will be thorough and complete in Job's heart. But God will continue to convince Job of the wrong that he has done to call into question his perfect work on behalf of his children. So just very practically, if you ever find your heart starting to accuse the Lord, you need to get out your Bible and start reading through those questions, Job 38, 39, and then watch how Job responds when we get to chapter 40 and right on into chapter 42. That has to be our heart's response. Now, church family, I am pleading with you to apply this truth, and here's why. We don't know what a day is going to bring forth. Sometime later today or sometime tomorrow or this next week or this next month, things could really take a turn in your life. Would you agree with me that that's reality? But you still are in fallen flesh. You have a new nature, but this flesh isn't new. Not yet. And when you face those things, your flesh is going to want to rise up And go. You may not utter a word, but your heart. Or, in this world that we live in, I believe unless God changes things, even here in America, we are going to face full-blown persecution. Can I just share something with you? Two weeks ago, our live stream team came to me. And they said, Pastor, do you realize this morning Facebook 
blocked us. I said, what? They said, yeah, they're allowing our content to go across the country, but anything international, Facebook has said no more. So from the pulpit of Good News Baptist Church, they don't want what the Word of God says to go outside of our borders. And I'm wondering when the day will be when Facebook says we don't want anybody to hear that. So you can go to our website, you can hear it. There are other avenues that are out there. But for our international friends, they're done listening on Facebook to the pulpit ministry at Good News Baptist Church. Now, I know I'm in good company. It's happened to a whole lot of others before it ever happened to this preacher. But this is the world we live in, and when it comes to full persecution, you're going to need to turn to these texts because you're going to be tempted to run. Or to be silent. When God is depending on you the most. All right. And so we need to see what Job is doing here as he responds to the Lord. We need to see what the Lord is saying to him. Again, God's work will be thorough and complete. God will continue to convince Job of the wrong that he's done to call into question God's Wonderful, gracious work. And so I've entitled the message this morning, Repentance Reinforced. God is not continuing to beat down Job. He's not, that's not any of what this is. But what God is trying to say, all right, Job, you're convinced. I want to make sure that you understand what is happening here. Not what has happened to you. We don't know that God ever tells him that. But what I am doing, you need to be willing to trust. So repentance reinforced. Now we closed last time with the fact that God doesn't owe you or me an explanation because he cannot, will not do wrong to his children. Reminds me, I was reading one Christian author and and his teenage daughter came and said, Dad, why don't you trust me? Dad's given guidelines, why don't you trust me? He turned that right around and he said, Have I ever given you a reason not to trust me? No. So when I give guidance, when I try to help you, trust me. You have no reason not to trust me. That's our God. So his expected end for us, according to Jeremiah 29, 11, is peace, not evil. To God's expected end, we must respond with expectant faith and put our hand over our mouth when our flesh is tempted to accuse God because we don't like our circumstances. When you begin to feel that rise up in your soul, just go like this. That'd be a, that's a nice way of saying, Asher, be quiet. <laughs> don't say what you're tempted to say about your God. Now, God isn't done with his first speech to Job. Job is repenting, but God will continue to convince him that he can be, must be trusted. So look now at verse 6. Then answered the Lord unto Job, out of the whirlwind, and said, Gird up thy loins now like a man. Now, what he's saying here is prepare your mind. In this case, prepare your mind once again, Job. 
I'm not done here. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. Be ready to answer me back. Verse 8, wilt thou also disannul my judgment? Okay. A good example here would be like a higher court overruling a decision of a lower court. But the problem is, in this case, Job is not the higher court. God is the highest court. He has spoken. And Job thinks, all right, I I can refute this. Some of you are in management, leadership. Have you ever had someone who is higher than you? You made a good call. You made a good decision. You know those that you lead. and, And you said, let's do it this way. And then somebody above you comes along and says, no, I don't like that. Do it this way. That can be real frustrating, right? Imagine the frustration to God, who is all-knowing, when one of us come along and say, nah, uh, we don't like that, we're going to do it this way. Or we think, God, you should have done it this way. He's God. Read on. God continues, wilt thou condemn me, that thou mayest be righteous? Now, at the beginning, we know of this book, Job was righteous. His circumstances were never about him being chastened for sin. He knew it. He knew he was righteous, and God knew it. The real problem started when Job began to call into question God's righteousness. Genesis 18.25 asks a rhetorical question, doesn't it? Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Other human authors in Scripture Speaking, again, the words of the Holy Spirit say, you know, God is perfecting that which concerneth me. That's that's God. So never defend your own righteousness at the expense of God's righteousness. There is only one infallible authority, and you don't qualify. Now, an interesting point, I had somebody ask me, Pastor, what do you think about Elihu? Remember, there there were three who went back and forth with Job, and then this young guy shows up later in the book, Elihu, and Elihu speaks. When God comes back later, and we'll see this at the end of the book, and God says to Job's friends, what you spoke was not true concerning me. And then he says to Job, He tells them, you go get right with Job, and I'm going to ask Job to sacrifice on your behalf. They hadn't spoken what was right, but God never says that about Elihu. So the last and the youngest of the companions who came to see him, he did speak right concerning God. And I want us to see this. Would you go back to chapter 34 quickly? Just back a few pages. And in chapter 4, notice verse 17. Look at the last half of the verse. Elihu is speaking. Will thou condemn him, God, that is most just? He's right. Go to chapter 35. Notice verse 2. Thinkest thou this to be right, that thou sayest, My righteousness is more than God's? See, Elihu had been been sitting and listening to all this exchange 
But the one thing that came to Elihu's mind is this. Wait a minute. You're saying that your righteousness, Job didn't just come right out and say it, but that's in essence what he was saying. All right. And so, regardless of what is happening in our lives, it is only for us to declare God's righteousness and goodness because He is only righteous and good. Regardless of what is happening, He is only righteous and good. Now in verse 9, God continues to help Job have a right perspective of himself. Note in the passage, we're back in chapter 40, Hast thou an arm like God, or canst thou thunder with a voice like God? Now this speaks of God's awesome power. Then God speaks of his awesome brilliance. This perhaps is a reference to his Shekinah glory. Notice how God words this. Deck thyself now with majesty and excellency and array thyself with glory and beauty. When I get to heaven, I'm thankful I'll be in a glorified body because what I'm going to see, it would stop a human heart here. In fact, all through the Old Testament, what did God say? Don't look or you'll die. Didn't he say that? Don't look or you'll die. Stay away from Mount Sinai. Don't touch it. You'll die. That's God in his awesomeness, his power, his beauty. Job, can you become me? Can Job match God's unlimited ability also to humble the proud and judge the wicked? Notice the next verse. Canst uh, or cast abroad the rage of thy wrath, and behold, everyone that is proud and abase him. Bring him low. Can you do that, Job? Verse 12, look on everyone that is proud and bring him low. Tread down the wicked in their place. Hide them in the dust altogether and bind their faces in secret or in the darkness. Some believe verse 13 is a reference to mummification. So think about it. Here's a, here's a good example as, as we think. Think about the kings of Egypt. All their power, their pride, they built pyramids and treasure cities and they did all of those things. Where are they today? The God of heaven has brought them low. He's bound them and they're in the darkness. In fact, if they didn't know the Lord, and it's doubtful any of those pharaohs did, but if they didn't know the Lord, where are they? They're in eternal darkness, suffering the judgment of sin. Do you remember in the book of Exodus, there was a pharaoh that took on God? How'd that go? He hardened his heart. He, hum- he, he refused to humble himself. And that's the language used in the book of Exodus. And so God used the gods of the Egyptians, or what they thought were gods. And those were all the plagues that God sent in. God brought him low until he thrust out Israel. And then he even had second thoughts about that. Got his army together and chased them into a Red Sea. And God said, you're done. And in came the water. Now, that's God. 
probably some of the most uh, well-known pictures of Adolf Hitler as he's standing in front of thousands of people and he's got his fist raised to heaven and he's declaring his hate for the Jewish people. Was he any threat to God? No. No, he wasn't. God brought him low. And he died by taking his own life in a concrete dungeon that he had made. Okay. So God, again, is is trying to help Job understand, look, in my glory and my power, I can do whatever I want. I can take anybody walking on this earth and I can bring them low, mummify them and put them in the darkness. Job, can you do that? Now here's the point God is making as the Almighty concludes his first speech to Job. If you have any awesome power, my awesome power, brilliant glory and excellency, and can humble every proud and wicked person as you choose, look at verse 14, then will I confess unto thee that thine own right hand can save thee. I would love to see the expression on Job's face at this point. To put it in modern, the modern vernacular, God is saying, if you think you can do better, be my guest. Job's pretty convinced at this point, God's not done. Job realizes he has waded way in over his head, and it's time to turn back. Now let's apply this, and we're done this morning. I wonder if there is any God accusers who have listened to this message. Trust me, when I'm preparing this message, the Holy Spirit is searching this heart. Preacher, have you accused me? Well, I don't, I don't like things, how things turned out in this ministry. I don't think like how things turned out with with. Maybe some children. Maybe I don't like how things turned out with. And I I was trying to do right. I was trying to please you. And and what does my heart want to do? Come on, honesty time. Have, Have you ever looked to heaven and said, thanks a lot? Do you realize how wrong that is? And I've had to be honest with God. What was I saying? What was I thinking? God is working to convince you that you have accused the very one, if that's the case, that you've accused the very one who has been working on your behalf all along. It's one of God's little children you don't need an explanation because you and I can understand his, his infinite work even if he did try to explain it to us. So let God be God and you be trusting you. Not trusting in you, but you be trusting him. So as God brought to your mind this morning some occasion where you accused him because circumstances in your life you didn't understand. Will you admit to God 
what it was. Fault finding, rebuking, correcting the Lord. That's what it was. Would you agree with God today and let his words to Job reinforce in your mind who he is? Repent and then let God do his gracious work in your heart so that you're willing to trust him only. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.